welcome to the Universal Sisterhood podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to episode 42. Today on the podcast, I chat with Sister Mary Grace. She is a sister of life. She's Australian. Um, She grew up in Manly. Uh, Her life revolved around the beach, around the rugby field, um, around school. She she moved from Manly to the Bronx in America. Um, As you'll hear, this girl wasn't running away from anything. She was actually running towards the biggest love of her life. Um, You're going to enjoy her joyful, open heart as she talks about Jesus, about women and her love for life. Um, I will leave in the show notes all the information that you need about the Sisters of Life um, and maybe her cheesecake recipe. Uh, Stay tuned. Enjoy the podcast. One of my um, most favourite nuns. Oh, come on. How am I going to live up to that now? <laughs> easily, easily. I would love to welcome you to the podcast. It is, oh, it is. I've been waiting for this moment for a very long time. So welcome to the podcast, sister. Would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. I am Jessica's favourite nun. Um, <laughs> no, I'm Sister Can, Grace's. Jessica as, said yes. Australian nun, I should Australian say that. Australian nun. If you haven't picked up on my accent, hopefully my Canadian uh, residency has not taken away my Australian accent. That is my parents' hope and dream. But yes, I, it am. Has. I am Australian. Good, good. I'm. But you, you'll probably notice every now and then a word or two might come out a little funny. Feel free to point it out. Uh, <laughs> we'll work it out. We'll um, bring back we'll the Australian accent. We'll Australianize you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, um, my name is Sister Mary Grace, and I am a sister of life. Um, We're a religious community over here in North America. We began in New York, and I'm currently actually right now in Toronto, Canada, where I live as a sister of life. Um, But I am born and raised from Sydney, Australia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And on the beaches, from the northern beaches, right? Yes, let's be specific. Um, the best northern <laughs> beach in Sydney, Manly, <clears throat> doesn't get much better than that place. It was definitely that was my stomping ground growing up for sure. I was part of Manly Surf Lifesaving Club, um, from the church to the beach. That's how I spent my weekends. But yes, no, I grew up um, basically on Manly. Mm-hmm. Definitely oh, my a taste of home for sure. Now, so how did you get yeah? from from Manly to? The Bronx. Is it the Bronx where you, you ended up originally, initially? Yes. Yes. It's a very, yes, we, we dive right in. I mean, if you're going to move to the States, <laughs> no, why no. not go to the Bronx? And you wouldn't believe the street that we live on. It's called Hollywood Avenue, the Bronx. When I first read that, I was like, you have got to be kidding. Can it be any more American than 198 Hollywood Avenue, the Bronx? Um, yes, I moved. That's a I moved classic. To the Isn't it? I know. If you didn't I was know like, God I had a sense of humor, you do, you do when you hear that. I know. I know. It's amazing. Um, but yes, it's, it's a very long journey. In fact, my mother reminds me that um, the flight from Sydney to New York is the longest in the world. Um, 
but I definitely wasn't running from anything. I definitely was running towards something, uh, which, Mm -hmm. which made it all possible. But yeah, no, I, a little bit about my story. I, we all heard that I grew up in Manly. Um, and to be honest, I had no experience of religious life, uh, until I turned 18, 19, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a beautiful Catholic family. Um, there were six of us, um, mum, dad, big brother, little sister, and little brother who is now the biggest brother that we have. Um, <laughs> the I biggest in- man in the family, isn't he? That's true. Uh, width and height. Uh, he would not be ashamed for me to say that. It's true. He's outgrown us all. Um, and no, but yes, no, I grew up in Sydney and went to a good Catholic school, was uh, blessed with that. And yeah, we were, we were faithful Catholics. You know, we had the annual argument about what we should give up for Lent together. I always argued against TV, but for some reason I lost that battle year after year. (laughs) So that was, that was pretty normal. And like a lot of Catholic families, we had, we had the parish just around the corner, but we just never managed to get to mass on time. I don't know what it was, but we just, we always just, just beat the priest down the aisle. Uh, so we yeah. were your, your normal Catholic family. Um, That's typical. It's it's pretty typical. Yeah. It's funny that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yep. It's amazing. And I was blessed to go to a Catholic school. That was um, a huge gift that um, I definitely took for granted. But I just kind of thought all Catholics growing up went to a great Catholic school where you could basically leave the classroom at any any time for one of two reasons, either to go to the bathroom or to go to confession. So I considered myself from a young age a frequent confessor. Um, so I had access that to get out of class. <laughs> maybe, maybe it could have been part of the story. But I, so I was very blessed with things like you know having access to the daily mass and the sacraments that um, that yeah I, I frequented um, when I could and and when my stomach wasn't growling louder than my heart. But um, mm-hmm. but you know there was actually a moment in my high in my secondary school that really to be honest, made a huge impact on my life and changed things uh, dramatically that I probably wouldn't have understood totally at the time, but um, has a lot to do with why I am where I am here now. And that was, I think I was about 16. And I don't know if you remember, Jesse, the movie, The Passion of the Christ. I was Uh, about to bring, when you were saying about Lent, I said, I remember specifically your family went to the movies to watch The Passion of the Christ. Is that? Wow, that's freaky. How did you know that? I don't know. (laughs) That's amazing. Whenever... (laughs) I watch it. I think of your family. Yeah. Wow. Now tell well, me that's why. Awesome. I, <laughs> I'm about to tell you why. We did not talk about this beforehand, by the way. But no. That's, that's amazing. That that means the spirit really wants to wants to tell the story. But no, it is pretty amazing because, you know, we talk about God encounters happening in church and when we pray, but, you know, God is so much bigger than, bigger and, uh, bigger and even closer than we can ever imagine. And I really experienced that, um, yeah, basically in a movie theater. So we went as a family, I think I was, as I said, about 16 and we went to watch the passion of the Christ and I knew it was going to be a religious film. So I was, I was somewhat prepared, but I really wasn't for the grace that I was going to receive. Mm. Um, but there was a particular moment in the film. It's a powerful film. It's intense film, but it's, it's really powerful. But there's a particular scene where Jesus is being scourged at the pillar. And I'll never forget sitting there in this comfy big chair and looking at this screen. And, you know, I just knew it, it wasn't just a good actor. You know, and as I saw Jesus literally taking these these beatings that were that were hurting him so much, um, you know, I knew in that moment uh, that it was my sins that he was taking that for. You know, and up until that point in my life, you know, I I tried to be a good girl, you know, try to avoid the bad things, keep doing the good things. But, you know, I never knew my sin was was personal. It was actually affecting 
someone. And as I looked at this man on the screen, I knew that it was me that was hurting him. And I was so upset. I was crying and crying. And then at the same time, as I felt so uh, upset about what I had caused him, um, in that very place, I experienced really a sense of God's tremendous love for me, that he was taking these hits for me because he loved me. Um, and that I didn't have to be ashamed of my sins because uh, it was actually the very place that I was going to meet him. Uh, mm. and, and, and it was like peace flooded me afterwards. And, um, and really the, the fruits of that really showed afterwards when my faith I knew was changed forever. You know, I still had my usual teen struggles of, of, you know, caring more about how I looked and who I hung out with more than my faith. But something had changed because my faith went from basically a rule basis or, or a, you know, a, a lifestyle to a person. It was like this mm. faith, this faith then became uh, a real and alive um, man that was for me, that cared about me. Um, and that was actually going to meet me in the difficult places of my own heart. Um, and, uh, and it was funny. I left that movie theater and I remember, I remember thinking, I'm going to live for that man. I don't, I don't know why or how, or what even that means <laughs> at 16, but yeah. I knew that that love I experienced in that movie theater was everything that I wanted. Um, and I never forgot that there was something about that, that, um, yeah, changed everything. Uh, but yeah, li life went on. And um, as I said, as a typical teenager, didn't think much more of it. Uh, but then, uh, gosh, I'd skip ahead to probably after I left school. And I, I, yeah, I decided to do a lot of great things with my life, but I had no idea what that meant. Uh, I love sport. So I, I kind of just assumed that a great way to live my sport, my sport love was to, I don't know, get to the Olympics at some point in my life. You know, I had goals like that. I was like, wow, that would be awesome. So cool. <laughs> So I applied to a lot of different um, universities and colleges after school, but I wasn't quite set. And a lot of us leave school like that. We just we just don't know. We might have great desires, but we don't always know what uh, God wants of us or what we want. Um, so I left school in that place. So I took the year off and there was a big uh, international event coming to Sydney that I had never heard of before. It was called World Youth Day, uh, mm -hmm. where basically it's like this big uh, Catholic event for uh, young Catholics. Uh, and that there's a different uh, place in the world that's chosen every few years. And, and that year that I was finishing high school was uh, Sydney. So it was coming to Sydney. So I thought, what the heck? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put this year off study. I'll just volunteer for this big Catholic event. Could give me a good dose of something to build up my faith again. And I'll, I'll just see how it goes. Um, so World Youth Day came. It was awesome. It was amazing. Uh, that's a whole nother story, but it, and it kind of went as well. And it was like, it was interesting. It was, it was fascinating, but it wasn't in the big moments in the, in the hype that I had another grace filled experience. It was in a very ordinary setting. <laughs> um, mm. and it was in my, uh, university campus. We, uh, had met the sisters of life. My parents met them first. So I blame it on them, even though they don't, <laughs> but they did meet them at mass in the city and they were equally shocked as me. And they're like, are you, are you real? What's, what's going on? Where did you come from? Um, which is actually the same way people reacted to me almost every time I go back to Sydney. It's really fascinating. Yeah. Just recently I went back to my little brother's wedding and twice I was walking along the beach in Sydney, um, my full habit on. And this gentleman came up to me and, he, and I was talking to my brother and he came up to me and he said, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt the conversation. I just, I just have to ask, are you, are you for real? <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> legit. Like they think it's, it's basically a costume. You Do know? they think it's you so dress far. up? Oh, definitely. And they think it's the best dress up ever. We, we just have one rule. 
in our in our community about um, our habit, and that is you just don't go out on Halloween because everyone's <laughs> going to assume that you have the best costume in town. Um, so I've abided by that so far. But anyway, back to back to World Youth Day. Um, so that I had never seen sisters, um, yeah. and my, so my parents met them, and my parents also own uh, through the family business Irish pubs in Sydney. So they had the sisters over and. Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny. I remember going to the pub one night, uh, where the sisters were, they closed down the pub and they fed the sisters one night and all the tables were filled with all these sisters in blue and white habits. And there were a couple of brave souls in between Australians talking to them. And I approached so one of the tables during world youth day or not. This, this is, is during world youth day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. This is during world yeah, youth day. Yeah. So there were lots approached... of sisters. Definitely. There was like 50. It was, it was more than oh, I even wow. thought existed. It was amazing. <laughs> and this is just at the sisters of life, let alone yeah. all the other sisters that were there. But anyway, they're all sitting around in this hotel and I walk up to one of the, one of the tables and I just hear one of the sisters catch her in the middle of a conversation. She's like, you know, and then, um, well, Jesus spoke to me and, and then I knew that I was to be his bride forever. I was like, Jesus spoke to you? What on <laughs> earth? And I was like, I'm just going to, I like slowly backed out of the room. I'm like, this is <laughs> way over my head. I don't know what you're talking about, whether it's possible. And I actually questioned, I was like, could Jesus speak to us? You know, is that even, yeah, I just never heard a vocation story before. So I was like, this mm -hmm. is too much for me right now. I walked away. And then uh, the next night, the sisters had a thank you event. And it was a Friday night in the city. I had just turned 18. So I was looking forward to, you know, a good enjoying night. being out in the city. <laughs> exactly. It was like yeah. the thing to do. I was looking forward to it. And my mom gave me a call and she said, um, darling, the sisters of life are having a thank you event. And they, they want us to come. And I was like, mom. I'm 18. I'm like, say thank you for me. Like, I'm, I'm just not interested. <laughs> She's like, darling, there'll be cookies. <laughs> As if the cookies were going to sell me. But I was like, okay, mom, I'll You're come, 18. I'll stop by. <laughs> the cookies aren't just, they're just not going to do it anymore. Um, but I gave in. I was trying to be a good girl. And I said, okay, mom, I'll stop by. I'll say hello. I'll say thank you. And I'll leave. Uh, little did I know how much that, that little window I gave to the Lord would again yeah. uh, impact my life. So I, I, I turned up and all the sisters were lined up at the end of this room and, and they were singing songs of gratitude. They started singing and singing and I was sitting in the front row. I was, you know, clapping my hands. I was, I was so happy for them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Did as you I looked at all these, I, that's a good question. You know, I forgot about the cookie after <laughs> all that. <laughs> I got a lot more than the cookie, got a lot more than what I thought. Um, but again, as I, as I was sitting before these sisters, I was like, oh my gosh, they're so real. They're so normal. There was something mm -hmm. uh, strikingly and shockingly uh, human about them. I don't know what I was expecting, but um, I guess I was expecting a scene from The Sound of Music and I wrote off my own vocation because I was like, well, I can't sing and I can't dance. So <laughs> why consider being a sister? But as these sisters were singing. by the guitar. So, yeah, that, forget about that. I mean, instruments, that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation. Oh, another um, level of disappointment. And I know. I'm sorry to let everyone down. I cannot sing and I cannot dance or play the guitar. Oh. So keep going. Sorry. Anyway, no, you're fine. This is important details. Um, <laughs> but it was awesome. I just saw, I think I saw the humanity in the sisters. Yeah. Uh, and as I was looking at them, uh, you know what? I just started to cry. You know, mm -hmm. I was, I was overwhelmed and I didn't quite know why. And I was crying and I was crying. And uh, embarrassingly so, too. It was none of these pretty tears. It was like ugly tears everywhere, yeah. all over me. Um, I couldn't even hide them. My hands couldn't. It was, it was, it was not a pretty scene. Um, and it struck me. I was like, oh, my goodness. There was, 
I, what I saw in these sisters was the one who they were in love with. These were women that were alive and in love with a person. And, um, and they, they were so, yeah, they were so alive and joyful. And I really encountered the Lord in them. You know, I don't remember what they sung about. I don't even remember what they said. I don't even remember what their names were. Mm-hmm. But I know that these women were living for someone and they were so alive. And uh, again, I, I think I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, this is everything I'm looking for. You know, it's, it's, and I, and this is the last place I'd expect to look, but the way these women are living and who they're in love with, I want to know more. What is it about? Um, and then, I mean, that night was over. I got out of there as soon as I could, didn't talk to one of them. And I thought, you know what, Jessica, I thought, you know what, they're going to get on a plane. This phase is going to be over. I'm going to forget about it. It's going to, I'm going to be safe. I just go back to my life. But, um, as you know, matters of the heart, they're, yeah, you can't you can't forget so about that, them too. Quickly. You can't shake them. Yeah, absolutely not. And uh, that really led. That was uh, when I began to really consider this um, as a possibility. Really, because I saw that it was actually um, something I might want, something that was attractive, and that's that's key. You know, the way that we witness our lives, um, whether it's marriage uh, and family or religious life, you know, just, just being faithful to our vocations attracts others. It's, it's powerful without even doing anything or saying the right things or acting the right way. It's, it's the life of Christ in us that radiates and, and brings people to him. And, um, you know, it kind of takes the pressure off us too. You know, sometimes we feel like we've got to have it all together and say the right things. And obviously we, we do our part, but it's, it's, it's uh, the life of God in us that we all have from our baptism that does the work for us. Uh, And that's what it did through these sisters. Um, you know, and for me, the Lord was inviting me at that point, even though I could never have told at that point, he was inviting me to walk towards himself um, and consider belonging entirely to him um, and give give me the chance to respond. Now, this took me a lot longer to get to that point. It was like six years later before I even worked up the courage to send the Sisters of Life some random email to tell them I maybe potentially someday might think of calling in the distant future. <laughs> did they, did they um, pursue you at yeah. all? Not Before at all. Or not, not, yeah. You know, they didn't at all. Yeah. I think beautiful? I expected that though. I really mm. did. I, I thought, mm. you know what? They, they're going to get another number. They're going to get mm. another, another sign up. It's going to work out great for them, you know, but, uh, you know, the truth. Can, can I just, can I just say something yeah. there? Please. Peace. Uh, he is, he isn't called the Prince of Peace for nothing. Like mm. there comes a peace. There's no, there's, I remember being fr- fearful and frightened of like, oh my gosh, I I have to do this because, you know, I'm meant to be carrying around this heavy cross and with this somber face, but he doesn't work like that. Absolutely not. Yeah, he works with our freedom. He, totally. He our freedom. And his, his language is always proposal. It's proposal. It's invitation. Mm. It's mm. a welcome. It's never, um, yeah, it's never a forcing. It's never a kind of like standing back with your arms crossed, being like, how is she going to do now? Is she going to slip over? It's the exactly. opposite. Um, yeah. He's drawn to us actually when, and the more we stumble, the more he's drawn. It's, it's, it's mm. powerful. And even mm. just, I mean, just those two graces I mentioned, one in the movie theater and mm. that other one in a classroom, like both of them, I did not have my stuff sorted out. Um, mm. And both of those places I had no idea and I didn't ask for those graces. I didn't anticipate them and I didn't, and I didn't figure myself out or work out my vocation and then open up my heart. I was like, God just came when he decided to. And mm-hmm. both of them he didn't force me into anything. Really, he just proposed, you know, invited. and invited exactly. And then and then he waits for our response. That's the thing. It's like, um, yeah, he's a God of freedom and respects our yeah. freedom more than anything. Um, 
And when we and those encounter those tears, yeah, those yes. tears you were talking about, yeah, they just. I've had that. I've had an experience of crying. I went on a retreat yeah. to in Phoenix, and I yes. this blessed issue. I cried for two days nonstop. I just cried. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. stop them. Mm-hmm. Um, it just and I think it's is it what is that? Is that freedom? Is that the Holy Spirit? What's with the tears? <laughs> a good question. Tell yeah. me. Yeah, and it's a good one to ask the Lord because it's yeah, it'll be. It'll be uh, unique for all of us, you know, how, yeah. what provoked those tears? What what did the tears feel like when they came? You know, for some of us, it, it, it is, it is it, more It's a feeling of being home. It sounds like those it words, like tears pain. of relief, you know. Yes, relief. Like That's the word. Yeah. And, and there's and nothing tea, shameful I mean, about it. No, absolutely not. Even though it's, yeah, it's funny, a, a natural reaction, and, and it has been for me. It's like when we cry is to cover our faces. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting, that reminds me, I love, someone pointed out to me recently that, you know, when, when God talks about heaven, you know, I wipe away every tear, you know, it, God doesn't get rid of tears in heaven. He wipes them away, you know, and for mm-hmm. someone to wipe away someone's tear, they have to touch your face Cry. with their hands. It's like a touch. Mm-hmm. It's like a, um, a caress. So it's like, he's not, he's yeah. not put off by the messiness of our tears. He's, he actually comes close and, and touches That's them. It's a and, person. It's an actual and, person it's it's a relational kind of thing to touch somebody on the face yeah it's somebody who knows it's tenderness yeah yeah and uh it's funny you say that too because really um, another big grace that I received was also had to do with tears which again it's funny it's like I did not grow up crying I, I would consider myself a non-crier like I you know it takes kind of takes a lot to make me cry I mean I've broken collarbones I've like snapped bones I don't I just don't cry so uh-huh. when I cry it, it's it it's a big deal, like for any of us, but it, it is. And it's hard for us women, especially to cry because, you know, it means oh, right that we're being overwhelmed right by something. <laughs> really? Yeah. Someone, yeah. Someone, mm-hmm. Do you cry? Like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. cry. I used to find it, it was a curse. I used to yes. hate, but now I just welcome it. I, I see it as my feminine heart. <laughs> it is. It's beautiful, but it doesn't always feel beautiful. That's for sure. No, but it, 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 it doesn't always look beautiful. <laughs> That's no, sure. most of the time, guarantee it doesn't. <laughs> but that's okay. Sorry. Keep going. Oh, no, you're fine. No, it, was just, it just reminded me of an, a, really a, a poignant grace I received when I visited the sisters that also has to do with tears. But um, So about after six years of um, going back and forth and keeping really keeping the Lord at an arm's distance, I um, really decided to give God a chance in terms of, you know, whether he was actually calling me to be a sister of life or not because this restlessness didn't leave my heart and, even though I, you know, I had, I, I studied um, at my university and I was working full time for the Catholic chaplaincy. Like, uh, I, you know, I was living at Manly Beach. I, I had, there, I, there was so much good going on. You know, I was, I was so content. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I remember driving home one night after work and I was like, you know what, God, I wouldn't change anything. I'm like, I'm so happy. But, you know, mm-hmm. when I was saying that prayer to the Lord, I also noticed in my heart where I was like, I'm so happy, but I'm not content. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm so grateful for my life. Um, the ways that you have blessed me, but there's a restlessness in me and I want more and I don't know what it is, um, but I want more. Um, I want to live for more. I, I want to live um, for more love. I, I, want, I want more than just things to be, you know, uh, going Happy. well or according to my plans. And, and when I thought of that, I thought of that time when, you know, I met the sisters and, and I was filled with something that money can't buy, that degrees mm-hmm. can't earn, that, um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, health can't guarantee it's like there's something about uh, 
God's communication of love, a relationship with Jesus that no one that we can't earn um, and we can't buy, but it's freely given. Uh, and that was the kind of love I was like, I, I got to check this vocation thing out more. Not because that's the only way to be loved, but that that was the way that the Lord was inviting me personally. And he does this with each of us differently throughout our lives. But for me, um, he was placing this on my heart, which I really didn't want to look at. I didn't want to consider being a sister. It just was not part of my plans. Um, <laughs> but I did. I went so I went and visited the Sisters of Life. I told no one. I told a couple of friends that I was going to New York for a month. So I just assumed they thought I was going on a shopping spree. So it all went <laughs> down well. No one said to me, oh, <laughs> no New York, you. you must be going to the convent. <laughs> no one asked any questions. Like, of course, New York. Tick it off the bucket list. So yeah. I went, um, and you know, for, for a year before that, I was trying to really open myself up to God's uh, call and uh, this possibility. So I, I, you know, I spoke to a spiritual director. I, I began to really just commit myself to prayer each day, whether it was a holy hour or it was a holy minute or a holy second. I just tried to just at least acknowledge God's presence every day. And that was really key um, to just letting myself remember um, that this is, this is, yeah, this is something only he can do. But I went, I ended up going to New York and uh, I was so shocked. There was no neon sign saying you are home. There was no good feelings saying you have found the answer. There was no, uh, there was no dreams. I was restless. I was like, oh my God, I've come all the way across the world and I still don't know. What if I don't know? Is he never going to tell me? I was so afraid. And in that place, as one fear un unraveled, all my fears came more and more to the surface. I was like, what, how could I ever leave away from my country? How could I ever leave my family, my parents, my brothers and sisters, like my friends? Um, I have a great job. But how, how, how do I know I'm going to be happy here? Um, so I was terrified. Uh, mm. And, you know, I, I, so I went on this retreat with the sisters one weekend and, um, and there was a night of Eucharistic adoration where the blessed sacrament that we receive in the mass is put on the altar and Jesus's real body, blood and flesh there is just on the um, altar uh, exposed before us. And we just had a time of silent prayer and a priest got up and he just read a scripture passage um, where Jesus turns to two, his, two of his disciples and says, what are you looking for? Um, and that night, those words came alive to me. Uh, and I felt like Jesus said to me, you know, what are you looking for? You know, you're, you're looking everywhere. What, what do you want? Um, and for the first time in my life, I was completely honest about my heart. Uh, and I just said, you know what, Jesus, <laughs> I want to, I want to serve you like these sisters serve you. I, I want to love you like these sisters love you. I want to be yours. Like these sisters are yours. Uh, and I just cried and cried and just let it all out. And again, it was like this torrent of tears um, as I was just so upset and realized that I had done everything in my power to figure this out and I couldn't, and it wasn't enough, you know, but I was mm. honest with the Lord. It took a long time to get to that. And then as I was sitting there, uh, I felt almost like just like a passing thought over my mind that I knew didn't come from me. Uh, the words that I believe Jesus said to me were, you know, what if what you want is what I want and what I want is what you want. Um, and I was just, I, I was, to be honest, like completely amazed. It's like, oh my gosh, we have nothing to fear. And it was mm. this, this grace moment of like my heart's deepest desires, everything I've been created for, the, the, the uh, fullness of my capacity to love and be loved, everything that I am here on this earth for, what's going to fulfill me and make me whole, that and God's will for my life are not two separate things that we got to like figure out and force together. They were always meant to beat together. 
that God's will for our life and our happiness and fulfillment are the same thing. Um, and it was like in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's next. I don't know what's coming. I don't even know if I'm going to be a sister of life or not. But I know now that I do not need to be afraid anymore because what Jesus wants for my life is my happiness and I can trust him. Um, and that changed everything for my discernment. As we were saying before, it was like, I am free to choose and he's inviting me. But after I had a taste of that love, Jessica, like my answer was a wholehearted yes after that. And it was, there was no other reason other than I had experienced this love that was calling all of me and all of me wanted to respond. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I came back to Sydney and of course there were still struggles to face. You know, I had to wrap up my job. I had to tell my family and friends. Uh, I had no idea what was coming. There was still a lot of um, obstacles and, and there still are difficulties, you know, like real, mm. real love is sacrificial and asks a lot of us, but it, but God never asks anything that he doesn't always promise the grace to, to carry it and a promise of even greater grace to come through it. Uh, and I've seen that through, you know, my small six years of religious life that, mm. um, that he, that he is faithful uh, and trustworthy. Um, and, and most of the time we don't know where things are leading, but that doesn't mean that God, uh, abandons us he he knows exactly where we are what we need and what's coming next and he just asks us to trust again and again and again and again yeah yeah again but the more we encounter this love the trust uh he asks more of us but the trust um it it anchors even more in our hearts and we remember it and it would say it's easier to trust or you it's just it becomes it becomes more of a a habit to trust like you, you know that he's trustworthy so it's even though you it costs you to trust it's it's I don't know it's Great. you know he'll come through for you so yes. it's not like it's still hard but you know he, he he is who he says he is and yes. he's trustworthy yes and we need and we need moments in our life where we know that that is true and and God gives them you know he gives us moments mm-hmm. Um, and if we haven't heard those moments, then we can ask for them, ask him either to show us them at times in our, in our past, you know, where was he or where is he, where, where mm-hmm. was his grace? Or if we haven't experienced that to just boldly to ask him to be who, mm-hmm. as you said, to be who you are and say, Jesus, I, I need to trust you more. You know, that's, that's more my prayer than anything where it's like, Jesus, help me to trust. Like, I don't know how to trust, um, mm-hmm. or give me an experience or a way or show me how to, how to trust you more. And then to let him do that, like that, you know, our growth is Jesus's work. It's not, it's not ours. We, we respond and we're open to his promptings, but our growth is up to him. We just have to open ourselves and, and be ready to receive his help, which is the harder. (laughs) Yeah. And it's having that vulnerability to be, to speak to Jesus. Like I I know a lot of people don't have, they don't know where to begin with this talking to this Jesus fellow. Like it's, I think you know, maybe it's it's just saying, walking past a church and say, I know yesterday I was in our in our church and then this woman walked past and she said, oh, maybe I should pray. I said, yeah, well, come on, come come in. And she said, oh, I don't know what to say. And I said, well, yeah. you just, just say hello. Just begin with a hello. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it's, it's not knowing where to start. Yeah. And I think that too leads to like one of the greatest reliefs of our of our faith is that uh, we don't need to be anywhere else than where we are, you know, and mm-hmm. that, that took, mm-hmm. that has taken me a long time mm-hmm. to realize and see, but, you know, God meets us exactly where we are. 
um, mm-hmm. not just sentimentally, but but actually, he's Physically, far closer yeah. and, and much greater than we can imagine. Um, and he doesn't his love um, and his presence doesn't wait for us to get ready to have our to have our stuff sorted to to look good to reward us. He's he's always <laughs> with us. Um, you know, it's amazing. We we get to see that so much, Jessica. Oh my gosh, in the missions. Um, can you tell us work, some some yeah. stories? Absolutely. Yeah, it's our it's our our daily bread, you know, when we uh, watch women uh, in very difficult situations, incredible situations, um, unimaginable Could you tell us what the Sisters yeah. of Life are? Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, so we, so the Sisters of Life, we're a, we're a religious community, um, as I said before, started in New York, but we really, um, we're, we're women uh, who are in love with love, <laughs> this God that we talk about who says he is love. Um, and um, we're each and every one of us captivated by the truth of God's uh, love and beauty of every human person, individual, unique, and created in his image and likeness. Uh, and I think, uh, yeah, we can easily run past that. You know, we're like, oh, yeah, God loves me. He says I'm unique. Um, but really, God God loves each of us personally, individually. Uh, and he's chosen us for the time that we live in uh, and the life that we have lived and will live. Um, and he's totally invested in each one of us. And that's that's awesome. But it's, it's a difficult truth today um, and one we easily forget or our life can challenge us to, to really believe it. Um, so we're a, we're a group of sisters. We take the um, traditional vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, really to follow Jesus with our whole hearts and to let him, let him be everything for us. Uh, but we take an extra vow as sisters of life, um, and that is to vow to protect and enhance the sacredness of human life. So we're basically missioned uh, uh, to to proclaim this truth and live this truth and, and help each other uh, rediscover the truth of our own inherent worth that is something we can't earn, but that we each have deep inside of us. And God sees it every time. You know, God God only sees our worth. He sees our goodness and our beauty. It's us who struggle to see it. Um, but mm. the more that we are able to receive his gaze and look at ourselves as he sees us, which is truth, uh, the more we become who we are um, and the more free we become. So, um, and as, so as sisters, we, uh, we live out this practically um, in our missions. And we have a range of missions that we serve the human person um, in different stages of vulnerability in our lives. So there's different times in our lives where that truth can be harder to believe um, or it can mm. be threatened that we're worthy and, and, and good and we don't have to earn it. Um, and so we serve in our missions uh, women who are pregnant and vulnerable, find themselves in difficult situations or unplanned pregnancies. Um, and often a lot of their world, the experiences, their world comes crashing down and we walk with them in solidarity uh, and we help them believe that they're, they're braver than they think and that they can, they can do this and we're with them, whatever it takes. Uh, and we see the Lord bless them extravagantly uh, and provide for them in ways that um, both practical, emotional, uh, and then ways greater than they could ever imagined. Um, and so we walk with them. So do these also- women find you or do you find them like do they call up or do you yeah, bit streets? like how yeah, do you the, find these women yeah i that yeah that is a great question we it, it, there's a whole different range of ways uh the lord really i mean he he leads people that need uh the, yeah. the help that he wants to give it's really amazing i mean yes sisters walking on the streets uh they'll come across our website uh they'll hear a talk a podcast <laughs> uh yeah. and realize that there is something out there for them um or uh, they'll get recommended by priests. They might read a flyer in the church. It's really amazing, actually. Yeah. Uh, word of mouth. A lot of women that have experienced um, the truth of God's love for them through our community will will tell their friends about it, or they find out, you know, a classmate or a, 
a school student falls pregnant unexpectedly and, and needs help, needs someone to talk to, they'll give them our number. That often happens. Um, yeah. And, and the beautiful thing is we just don't serve women who are pregnant. We also, uh, we run retreats for um, men and women of all ages, uh, but specifically a retreat mission for women. Uh, so we have a retreat house in Connecticut where, yeah, the gift of that mission is to see God powerfully free people, you know, within the grace-filled space of a weekend retreat where he powerfully comes when we literally go away for a weekend just to open our hearts and bring what's heavy. And and God does powerful things uh, when we when we give him a chance. Uh, and then can we you also... Give us an, can you give us an example? <laughs> Have yeah, you got any yeah, stories yeah. that you... Oh, so many stories. So many stories. Um, yeah, absolutely. We... Um, I could tell you about actually one that was on my heart today. Uh, when I was, um, when was it? When I was, li- I was living in New York for a couple of years. Uh, and uh, this, we met this one woman um, <clears throat> who was a similar age to me. She was actually still studying at university and she had just arrived in the States not too long ago uh, from Ethiopia. And she was trying to make it as a professional athlete. Uh, she was a, she was a fast runner really uh, and had a phenomenal time with a promising future. And so she just um, had arrived in the U.S. Um, and within weeks she was pregnant. Um, and she didn't at that point in her life had stable income or housing. Uh, and when her doctor uh, <clears throat> found out she was pregnant, he just said to her, he said, look, your only option uh, is abortion. You know, if you, if you want a future, if you, if you want to keep going, you have, you have to get rid of it. And unfortunately, the father of the baby too pressured her and, and said uh, that we need to, yeah, it needs to be over. Uh, and this poor woman um, with such an unexpected situation coming up, uh, she was completely vulnerable and really in mm. crisis that feeling like she actually had no choice. You know, we hear that so much that mm. no one, no one grows up wanting to have an abortion. Um, mm. and she really felt cornered. Uh, and so she, it was amazing. She went to the, she showed up to the clinic for abortion, desperate and and scared, um, and it was strange, but that day the doctor that she was appointed to have the appointment with was unavailable uh, and they referred her to another clinic and the same thing happened. And then again, a third time she was handed a card to another clinic and that doctor was sick that day. So it was, it was strange and uh, she was feeling more desperate and alone as it went on. Um, and I remember when I was talking to her later, she, she even said to me, she was like, when I got pregnant, um, I felt so alone without my family, without a job, uh, pressure to not keep my baby. I honestly didn't know what to do. And so I, I went to get this abortion. Um, and so finally she um, got another recommendation and she said, I'm just going to do it. I'm just, I'm just, it's going to be over. Um, and uh, she gets in a taxi, uh, but as she's in the taxi, she makes a, she says a prayer to God. And, you know, she'd grown up with a faith, deep faith in a family, but it was never, um, you know, it was always an SOS prayer. She was never really personally talking mm. to God. At this point she was just desperate. And she just said, God, if you are there, help me, show me the way open the doors, close the doors, just show me the way she begged as she's on her way to the ab- abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the taxi pulls over. It's really incredible. The taxi pulls over and uh, I'll call her Nyala. Nyala opens the door and she looks out and she's outside these church steps and she closes the door and looks over the cab driver and says, uh, are you sure this is it? And points <laughs> to the card again. He looks at it, looks again, looks up and he's like, yeah, this is it. So Nyala gets out. She's kind of like stumbling a little bit frantic she goes up to the church door knocks on the church door no one opens and then one of our friends one uh, gentleman who is what we call a co-worker of life that people uh, lay people in the world that help us out with our mission is walking by mm. joe i'll call him sees this woman in distress and approaches her and uh, and he says can i help you and and she didn't speak much english but she just handed him the card and 
he knew right away what it was um, referring to that that he was uh, and he just said to her calmly <laughs> and gently you don't want to go there. you know I know where you can get real help do you want to come meet some sisters <laughs> they'll help you and so literally an hour later she showed up at our doors uh, very anxious and afraid and we just spent the whole day together basically and just gave Nayala a chance to talk she told yeah. us about her fears and her dreams she at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She even took a nap on the couch in the afternoon. Uh, oh, and cool. as the afternoon went on, she just relaxed and she was listened to. Um, and mm. she was slowly able to see, as she shared, uh, how much God actually already was intervening in her life. You know, when, when she mm. was in a state of crisis, that God was working, you know, uh, very intentionally to, to rescue her, to come to her, to be with her. Not once, but three times, actually. Um, you know, and, and just recently when she was reflecting on this, she said to us, you know, you told me you were with me, you know, that I wasn't alone and that you'd help me. Um, and she, her heart could rest for the first time. Um, mm. And, you know, so we, we talked about, uh, you know, the real practical support that she needed. And she, she had legitimate needs. She needed help with the house, education. And we walked through all of those things with her. Uh, and she went on to make her own decision to have her baby and to dare to dream again. Um, and it's really beautiful. She, when she was naming a child, she, she named her uh, Sena Love. And, and Sena, in her Ethiopian dialect, means history. Um, and so her full name means a history of love. <clears throat> because Nayela, she wanted to name her, her daughter something that would help her remember her true identity. That, uh, that no matter what the circumstances, how unexpected, unideal, difficult, um, <clears throat> that she would never forget that her life was a gift and that it's from God and that she's here and she's loved and that her mum fought for her and her mum cherishes her. Uh, and so whenever she's going to be called upon, she's going to remember that. Um, and so beautiful. we, and it, and it was fascinating even um, uh, a couple of weeks after, oh no, actually a couple of months after she had given birth, uh, I was living with Nayala and uh, she was trying to get fit again because she had been in, uh, a professional runner and we you had a couple give of her a run for her money. I well, you know what, Jessica, I thought I could until I had uh, a race, had a race on the treadmill downstairs, and I had a good dose of humility. So I took it downstairs. I'm like, now, come on, let's let's go running together. You, me, we both like running. Let's go. You know, you're recovering. I'm I'm still I'm still trying. <laughs> and so we went down, and we were literally side by side on these two treadmills. And uh, I was like, Nayla, you know, I'll set the pace, and I set the pace, and and we're running for a little bit, and. And, uh, and then she's like, how about I set the pace? I'm like, absolutely, go for it. I'm ready. And she leans over and she's going up and up and up. <laughs> and um, at this point, I'm like barely able to breathe. Um, and I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm out, I'm out. And I'm, I slow it down. And she turns to me and gets off the treadmill. And she's like, but sister, that was just the warm up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's, she's a pro athlete and I should never have challenged her to it. But you know, her legs just are recently, probably twice as long as yours. You know what? I'm I'm so grateful for that act of mercy. I, we're basically the same height, but I'll but I'll imagine her as tall. I have no excuse. You know the awesome thing is, she just ran the New York Marathon. Oh, good Anna! It's unbelievable. And she she said to us, she was like sisters. She said, you know what's amazing? She's like, now I run faster. She's like, I'm running yeah. faster. My time is bigger and better than it's ever been. And she said to us, she's like, my heart is actually bigger. I feel yeah. strong. I found She's faith. Got something to run for. Exactly. That was, you've literally taken the words out of me. She said, Sorry. Out of it now. she said, she, that's what she said. She said, I used to run to be famous, but now I run for someone. Uh, I run for love and I run for my daughter. And yeah. 
you know, that to me, Jessica, is just such a beautiful depiction of uh, the way God deals with every one of us. You know, um, we all we all make mistakes in life. You know, we all do things that we regret, things that we're ashamed of. Uh, we make decisions that we don't think much about and we get in difficult situations. But God is not put off by them. You know, he actually takes these chances to come towards us, come close to us. Um, and he doesn't point a finger or accuse. He actually draws in near and he reminds us who we are. He's like, you're beautiful. You're good. And I can do something here. I want to come closer to you now more than I ever have in your life. Uh, and that's the beautiful relief that, that we get to see in our missions is that God comes into our difficult moments. Uh, and it's And it's in them that we really discover how much he loves us, not because... Not because we're the good Catholic girls that go to church every day, but but we're the people that open our hearts to the Lord and that we need to be saved. We need help. Um, and we need to be reminded that he's there for us, that he's going to pull through. Um, and he does. He, he really does. Um, and it's, it's so what, beautiful. Just, yeah. How do we, what's the first step for women to, you know, they, they might hear this and think, but I want to do that. What, what right. would be your advice? Yeah. How does one let him in? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do we let him in? I, I mean, what comes to me first is we, we just receive him, you know, um, you know, one of our greatest capacities as, as Christians is, is to, that we have the capacity to receive God, um, that we can that we can let God into our hearts, but He He awaits our permission too. You know, He respects us. He really and we as women, um, yeah, we need to be respected, and 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 uh, He respects our freedom. Um, but God is always at work. You know, even even in our own personal histories, and you know, we can look back and say, I don't know where God was, um, and that's a conversation to have with Him to ask Him. But he's, he's in everything and everything in our life he's working out for us. Um, he's always uh, in the details, in the details and, and, mm. and trying to, to uphold us and make everything, even the mess, work out for our good. Um, so how do we let him in? We, we just, I think, give ourselves to just permission to be who we are. You know, if, if we're hurting, then, then be the hurting person before Jesus. If we're, we're in a good yeah. mood and, and we have deep, zealous desires to do good things, then, then be that with Jesus um, and tell him about that. Um, you know, we all, we all, we all um, you know, at moments in our life are happy, you know, and then other times we're grieving and we're sad. Uh, sometimes we struggle with particular addictions or obsessions or we too concerned about the way we look or, or that thing that we did and we can't get over. Um, but the beautiful news is that we're not defined by our weaknesses or our, or our limits or even our sins. They don't define us. That's, that's the first layer and it can harm us. But when, um, but our identity doesn't reside in those things. It's so much deeper. And that's what God is. That's what, that's what God is invested in. That's what he cares about. He doesn't, he doesn't stop at these surface things. Um, we're more than we're more than them, and he sees the more in us. He always sees uh, what's good and true, and 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 knowing that we can we can go forward to him with the things that hold us back, uh, knowing that he's not going to judge us. He's only going to receive us and love us. Um, but it takes time, you know. We can we can hear these things, but to experience that, to be to experience being received by God, we just have to give it a shot. We have to let mm. him come. Mm. Uh, and, but it's, but it's, 
it's beautiful that he's not put off by our vulnerability or our mess. It's 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 the place of encounter. Um, well, he was born in a stable, which is so messy. I, that gives me such comfort, the fact that right. he chose to come to this earth in a grotty, smelly, dirty, run-down yes. stable, just like me. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. And it, and it, it's true. It's, it's, that's the place he's born in. That's where, that's where he, that's where he comes um, yeah. in our poverty and our need. Um, so beautiful. Yeah. And we, I, I, we actually, we see that, we see that uh, Jesus coming powerfully, most, perf- most uh, powerfully. Now we have another mission called, Ho- we call it hope and healing. And uh-huh. that, um, that is a mission that serves uh, women that have suffered the, the experience of an abortion, which is yeah. very real and, um, and, and can be incredibly painful and, uh, and the suffering is real, but, uh, and God has so much love and mercy that he wants to pour out for those that have suffered this great wound. Um, and we've seen his love most powerfully through the women that courageously open their hearts to him, um, and see his gentle and kind mercy make all things new. Uh, and, and, and especially in the places or memories or sins in our lives where we feel like God wants nothing to do with that, that stable, that, that place that is dead, that place that I can't even look at. It smells so bad. Um, that's the very place that, that Jesus is unafraid of that he wants to be born in. Um, Mm. and, uh, to share a story actually about that, we, um, there's a, there's one woman that we've, we've served and she, she doesn't mind us sharing our story, but I'll call her name Claire for her own privacy. Mm. But she had several abortions in her life. One as a teen, uh, one in her early 20s. Um, and she would say to us when she's reflected back on her own uh, experience of healing, she said, you know, you can't, you can't come to healing and admit that until you've experienced the mercy of Jesus. You can try mm-hmm. and go it alone, but it never works. Um, and this, this, this woman, she was born and raised Catholic, uh, but she, you know, grew up in a, a good Catholic family, but she didn't really know her faith personally. Um, and she became... Um, and just in her youth, like a lot of us, we just stopped going to church once we leave home or university. And so did she, she met a boy and very quickly she was pregnant. Um, and not wanting to believe it at first, it it took her weeks to even get the nerves to just get a pregnancy test. Um, and when it was confirmed, um, and her doctor said to her, um, you don't want to have this baby, you know, your whole life, you have your whole life ahead of you. You know, you've just started university. Um, you're not ready. Just get rid of it. Um, and this poor girl scared alone and, and paralyzed really with fear. She thought again, that abortion was her only choice. It was, she, she didn't feel free to make a decision that she wanted Mm -hmm. to make. Um, and so she had an abortion and she went on to graduate, uh, and was working, started working, just getting her feet on the ground when she got pregnant again. And this time she hoped it was going to be different. And she told her boyfriend, uh, and without, um, without a flinch, she said to her, no, we're not ready. You know, we're 28 years old. Um, but after this abortion, she didn't tell anyone that apart from the father of the baby that she had that because she thought, you know what, God's never going to forgive me for this one. Uh, mm-hmm. So for, the, for years and years, she just defended herself, rationalized and justified what she had done. So thinking that it was the only way that she could cope. Um, and you know, we, we all make uh, decisions in our lives that we regret. Um, and sin whispers false promises that, um, that cause us to doubt the possibility of God's love for us, that he would really forgive us, that he's really that good, that he could still love us. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, Claire went on to a bit to marry again. Uh, and, a, and her husband, while she was married, now um, much older, 
uh, had a conversion back to his Catholic faith, which is which is beautiful. And he started going to church, and and he's and slowly on the kitchen table, the parish bulletins kind of started piling up on their on their table. And finally, he he came to Claire, and he was like, "Honey, sit down. I got something to tell you. I've uh, I've been going to church." <laughs> and Claire's <laughs> like, "I yeah, I kind of noticed that, <laughs> looking at the mountain of bulletins." Uh, and he said to her, "You know, we need to get our marriage validated." Um, which, which means, you know, the usual confession, the Eucharist, and he went on and on, but Claire froze. As soon as she heard the word confession, she's like, uh-uh, I've been avoiding that one for years. I can't do that, she said to herself. I am unlovable. I am unforgivable. My sins from all those years, my two abortions, I can't go to confession, and I cannot stop my husband from becoming Catholic. Mm. And so she said, well, I'm going to divorce him. It's over. So that day, getting home, she describes the conversation with her husband um, in the kitchen. She built herself up and she finally met her husband in the kitchen. And she says, you know, I was a wreck. I was crying on my knees, blurting out my story to him. And I just said to him, I said, I was 18 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm unforgivable. And her husband, he bent down, knelt in front of her and she poured out her story. And he said, oh my gosh, of course you're forgivable. That's what Jesus did for us. That's what he did. And then he held Claire in his arms and he said to her, is this what's been holding you back all these years? Is this what you've been holding on to? You know, and, and it's amazing. It's like Jesus never wants any of us to be held back in life. Um, and, you know, sometimes we can, the ways that we've fallen, that we've slipped up, the little ways, the big ways, Sometimes we can use them excuses to stay away from God, to, to, to think that we're not lovable anymore, that, that mercy is not for us, that it's, that it's for the faithful person that sits at the front of the church. And it's like, no, all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. You know, mm. and it, this is exactly what Christ came for, not to, not to pat the good ones on the back. He came for you and me, the strugglers, the sinners, the, one that, the ones that have histories, whether, whether they're dramatic conversion stories or they're or their reversions to knowing this love more and more, that to know his love that, that doesn't come because we have everything together, but because we bring our open, broken hearts that don't know always what the next step is or, or um, what we can do um, to figure everything out, we're the ones that he wants to show us his love to, uh, that he wants to set us free from all the things that hold us back. He always wants to grant more healing and freedom. Um, and, you know, it's the women in this mission, oh, just that it's like he blesses the most deeply because they open the deepest part of their hearts to him. The places mm. that they didn't think Jesus would want to go, those stable parts, those rotting, old, yeah, smelly places. <laughs> yeah, they're the places he comes. And, and it's not precisely only heals, where he wants to go. Right, precisely. Not only heals, but they're the places where new life comes, you know, and mm. the faith of these women I've never mm. seen greater. Because they know that Jesus loves them to their depth. Mm-hmm. And it's because they allowed him to go there first, you know. Mm-hmm. And Jesus does the heavy lifting. We just give him permission. Yeah, that's so true. I, there's a song, uh, Stephanie Gratzinger. I don't know whether you listen to any of that kind of music. But she yeah. has a song and she says, I can't even think of the title of it. But one of the lines is, um, the the altar becomes a table so he you know 
He sets the altar is a table for us. He wants us. There is room at the table for every single one of us. You know, it's just not for a chosen few or the the one that sits up. You know, the daily mass goer. You know, it's it's open to everybody if you just yes. take it. You know, it's yeah. there's no criteria. He wants yeah. every single one of us there. You know, it's it's so beautiful if you think about it and and allow him to to pull out that chair for you. It's there. Yes. It's got your name. Yeah. You've got your name tag there on the table. Just yeah. just let him pull the seat out for you to sit at the table because mm-hmm. he wants to share the most amazing banquet with you himself. Yeah. yeah. Fully. And, and um, the amazing thing on top of that too is that it's it's free. You know, he it's doesn't free. He doesn't, and I really, it's like, I mean, we were just on the phone with a woman today and, and when we said that, it like hit her like a ton of bricks. She was like, there is nothing in my life that's free, but this, mm. you know, this is the one thing that God doesn't say that, that God doesn't wait for us to, um, yeah, to, to, to show that we're, that we're worthy of it. It's, it's given and it was given to us before we were born. Like we're only here yeah. because we are loved that that's, that's our origin. You know, we're made in God's image and likeness. What does that mean? You know, God is love. He's a communion of persons giving and receiving, giving and receiving, giving and receiving. And he decided to let that love pour out and 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 create humanity. You know, he created the world and in all its extravagant and beauty, he finished with the human person, you and me. He said, this is the best part. This is the cherry on the cake. It's the human person and they are going to look like us. That's the highest compliment anyone can get. <laughs> you yeah. know, and what does that mean about us? It means that we're creative out of love. And we're created to love. Um, yeah. That that where our for, hearts won't yeah. be set for love, and and our hearts yeah. are longing for an infinite love. That mm. that we we are designed to to be filled by God, to receive His love, and we're gonna go aching and searching and seeking until we find this. Um, mm. And then when we find it, find it. It's a matter of just discovering more and more. And and God is. Thanks be to God, he's patient, he's kind, and he works in real time. You know, he works yeah. He works in and through creatively, um, through the mess of our lives, whether it's been a good life of, of, of many blessings or we've sinned the struggle and the cross everywhere. Um, yeah. God, is not, God is not bound by the circumstances. He doesn't, and his job doesn't go on pause during COVID. He's not like, well, I'm yeah. going to wait for you to come out of your homes. No, he's actually coming into the homes of our hearts. I um, think he's working, like it's more... T- it's more tangible when you're stuck at home. Like I found yeah. it in COVID. I found him louder. Yeah, absolutely. The world was absolutely. quiet, but he was it's, loud. Yes. Because it's, yeah, it's in, it's in our weakness that, that his, um, that his strength is made, made powerful. As St. Paul mm. tells us, it's like, we don't, we don't have to be strong to be loved. We just have to be right where we are. If, if we're struggling, then be struggling with Jesus and tell him about it. Uh, welcoming, ask him. You know, if, if we're, if, um, yeah, wherever we are, that's where he wants to be. We don't have to be anywhere else and we don't have to determine our worth or prove it. It's given to us. It's a gift. Um, yeah. I, I have a few questions. Yeah. Getting back to, who was the first girl? The uh, one, the one yes, who, Ni- who, Ni- who, Ni- turned, who Ni- Ni- yeah, Ni- 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 turned up at the church. Ni- yeah. Yeah. So. Why did yeah. she end up at the church? Was the abortion clinic across the road? <laughs> it actually was. Yeah, she just wow. got providentially she got out the other side, side of the taxi the road, and we don't even we don't even actually know that that detail. We know she was in the right area, but for some reason that taxi driver 
Well, I don't. Took, I don't know who was telling him, but he took us straight to the to the steps of the church, and it, it is amazing. Who, God, God, who that driver was. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I know. I, I I should have asked her. Did he have wings? Like, what was going on yeah. there? But yeah, God, God, God sometimes dramatically steps in, and other ways through the ordinary. But that was definitely an exceptional, exceptional. Yeah. Day. How beautiful. And Claire, yeah. tell yes. me about Claire. Did how how where is she now? Mm-hmm. She that is a good question. She um she's sharing a lot of her story. Um, uh, she is happily married, uh, and she is is growing in her faith. Um, and shares her story confidentially. So she's not uh, divorced. No, she. Yeah, no, she's not. Her husband, when when he uh, realized that that that's what was holding her back, um, yeah, she went to confession that day um, because she first received in her husband this this welcome, mm. like this Christ-like, like you know, is that what's holding you back? This is this is why yeah. you came. And she did actually. She went to confession that day, um, and she had a real battle. And that's good to note that it's that it's not always easy. You know, we can hear these things in our head. But for it to hit our heart is a grace. And and sometimes there's going to, I mean, a lot of our times in our life, there's going to be battles. Certain lies are going to be very difficult. Like, you know, I think our whole enough. life is going to be a battle of, of longing for this right relationship. It's, go, it's going to constantly be a battle because that's where yeah. Eve fell. That's like, yeah. that's where it was destroyed and that's where it's going to most affect us. This, yeah. No, that's um, right. And she went through one actually on her way to confession. She tells a story of like literally yeah, driving <laughs> on her way to confession and and she just like all these thoughts came to her like they come to you and me in difficult times like go around t- turn back he's going to reject you he's going to scoff at you he's going to don't tell him those sins you, you know he's going to um you're not forgivable you know so she went through this battle already after having a good you know a, an incredible experience with her husband and uh the priest said to actually when he when when she went there and she went on her knees and she just told him and you know the first words to him he just said to her welcome home little lamb I'm going to cry. Uh, Yeah. And it's, and it's what he says to all of us. And she, yeah, she walked out of the confessional and she knew that she had encountered the love of Jesus for the first time in her life. You know, and she was a lot older, you know, 29 years it was before she received the sacrament of confession, but God did not, did not uh, give up on his pursuit of her or condemn. We don't have a condemning God. We have one that came to love us and show us that love. Um, and you know, at the end of that confession, the priest How said to her, "Beautiful, our holy priests." I know, right? I know. Thank we, God yeah, we need to pray for them. We need them. They give yeah. us Jesus. We need them. Yeah. But he, the reason why we know about Claire is because after her confession, he said to her, "Now you need more healing. You know, this journey's not over. There's a, there's a great bunch of women in the Bronx. The sisters go. It'll be great. <laughs> it's on Hollywood Avenue. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know it. And she did. She did. Um, so that's how we. She ended up calling us up and. Um, you know, and that, and that was a battle too. She called us up and, and we invited her to come and meet us. And even that too, is like, she said to us, you know, I didn't know what to expect. How are they going to understand these sisters? You know, yeah. I've had this they experience in my life. Yeah. They have no idea. Um, yeah. but she said that, you know, she'll never forget again, the sister's words when she opened the door, all the sister said, she just opened her arms out and said, welcome, welcome, oh. you know? Um, and she went right to the chapel and she describes this feeling, uh, like you know, a warm blanket of love surrounded her, and she just knew mm. the healing would come. She just knew. I mean, it. that's she all we have. ever want is to be known, seen, and loved. Exactly, and, and to be ex- welcomed in that, mm-hmm. and welcomed in that love, the love of Jesus. And if yeah. if every woman could experience that, their lives would be turned around. Um, yeah. 
I just want, I, I know I've got two yeah. more questions to ask you, but one Absolutely. thing yesterday I was, yeah. after I'd done my holy hour, I was driving down to school and I was just joking with, our, you know, the holy, he, he, I always have this kind of game, like, where are you? Where, where are you going to show me yourself today? That's a great prayer. <laughs> dangerous. It's, 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 it's an adventure. dangerous, yeah. but it can be very Exciting. funny. Oh, and I'm yeah. sitting in the traffic, you know, nothing. This car, this van pulls up beside me and written across the side of the car was bold living. Live, wow. and it said, yeah, live boldly. And I thought, uh-huh. Okay. Now that okay. is the perfect description. Now I need for... to climb out of my shell again. <laughs> yes. Is that what you want? <laughs> yeah. And it's and true. Thought... It's like it, to depend on someone like God is not easy. Let's be honest. It's like it's hard to depend on someone else, to trust in someone that we can't always see or feel around us. You know, I don't always feel, you know, we don't always feel God's presence, God's inspiration. But, um, you know, we're, you know, to live this 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 bold uh, response of love every day, it takes a lot of faith, but God is faithful to that. Um, and uh, it's the thrill that we're all invited into. You know, and so, so often we run away from this childhood way of living. You know, children don't think about tomorrow. They don't care about tomorrow. They don't care about the next meal. It's like they just live in the providence of their parents. And, of course, they ask way too many questions and bug their parents and make the parents <laughs> saints. But it's like these kids know how to ask for what they need. Um, you know, and the more that we come to know the Lord and let him into our hearts, what we, what, what he fills us with is the truth that we are known, that he knows us. He Mm. knows what our lives need and he loves us for who we are, especially when we're weak and when we're struggling and we don't know what's next. Uh, and that we're chosen to know him and chosen for this time in this place, you know, and the more that we open our hearts to him, the more our confidence does grow in him. Um, And the, and the confidence that he'll keep showing up like that, you know, whether it's in the little things of the car, you know, literally seeing like live boldly or it's the first confession we've had in 20 years. It's like God is in yeah. both. It's, it's not yeah. the end or. No. How gorgeous. Uh, I, I just want, because you're, you work with women all the time and yeah. I just thought I would ask you, what do you think Jesus wants women particularly to know? Hmm. Do you, yeah. I just, women are crying out to be known and he, he knows us. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you think women should know that um, would open their hearts to him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing, you know, as, as women we're created so uniquely. You know, where, where, uh, just, it's fascinating, just the very makeup of our bodies where we're created, uh, to give life, you know, um, to literally allow life to be grown within us. Um, after having received life, you know, a woman receives the love of, um, another, and then the, the love becomes a new life and her very, and her very body gives life away, um, And we can literally look at our own bodies as women and, and know our creator and, and what our meaning and purpose in life is as women. And everything physical about us, um, how we're biologically created, reveals to us something about God and the creator. You know, and, and everything physical too leads to an even deeper spiritual reality. And as women, we're receivers of love. You know, we, we, we have a capacity to receive God 
in a very deep way, you know, in a, in a way um, that men can't, that, that, that we have been uniquely chosen to know and carry life in us. And that goes the same way with our faith, that, that God has designed woman to be able to receive his love, to know his love. Every single one of us wants to be beautiful. You know, we want to be seen and noticed. We want to be treasured and, and considered precious by someone, a treasure. Um, and that desire is in our hearts because God put it there first. And God only puts desires in our hearts that he intends to fill. Otherwise, he'd never put them there. So we can rest in the truth of these desires. And and I think Jesus wants to be for us what he's created us to receive. And that is him, his love that is that is faithful, that knows us, um, that has chosen us to know his love, that has chosen us now to listen to this podcast and to hear what we're saying. I mean, this is, everything is part of um, his plan. And if, and if you're hearing these words for the same time, first time, oh, or maybe we've heard it all our lives, or maybe it's um, something we really haven't considered, to just let this truth um, really sink into our hearts and stay with us, that we as women are created to receive God and to carry him with us in the womb of our hearts, um, and that we have a capacity to know this love. Um, and only God can communicate that love. Only Jesus can tell us about that. And our role as women, our great capacity is to let God love us, to let Jesus love us where we are, with the anxieties we carry, with the worries we think about, um, with the pains that we hold on to, wherever we are, whatever we're going through, that is where Jesus wants to meet us. And we have a capacity as women to let him, to say yes, to let, to let love reveal himself to us. And he will because he's faithful and that's, that's his role. Um, but we, we are receivers of love as women, um, and we can let we can let him love us. Oh, that's so beautiful. I um, it's it's our fiat. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And that and there's freedom that comes from that. Absolutely. Yeah. And he, yeah, he, you know, God's. God's gaze for us, gaze upon us is constant. You know, when, when Jesus looks at us, he sees our true self, you know, none of this stopping at the peripheries. Jesus, Jesus sees the the beautiful woman that he's made, you know, and, and all of us through our life experiences start to pile on, you know, different experiences that weigh us down, that cover up that goodness, that beauty, you know, but we never lose it. And Jesus who looks at us only sees that and anything that gets in the way of it, he wants to he wants to set us free from he wants to heal gently and in his time and in his way but he only sees that treasure in us that that glittering diamond and he loves it he loves us and he sees that we're good and worthy and beautiful and he's not put off by the mess that we all carry um, and he sees that always so the more that we can just i think live in the presence of that truthful gaze uh, the yeah. more that we can live from that truth you know, because, you know, we fail each other as humans. We're going to let each other down. But God doesn't. He always sees that goodness. Mm-hmm. There's, so, there's such truth. Allowing allowing that gaze, allowing him to gaze at us, like to op- lift our face and open our eyes to him instead of covering them, covering it and, and hiding, I think is, right. is the key. Because he just, yeah. he, he knows the deepest recesses of our hearts. He knows everything. He's the gardener, right? Mm-hmm. He's the one yeah. that made that that heart. 
He yeah. created it. He knows yeah. it intimately. Yeah. So we're only hiding, we're only kind of fooling ourselves or hiding from ourselves mm-hmm. by not uh, returning that gaze. I, th- yeah. I think I've come and it's, to And it's, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a daily battle. Like sometimes we'll, yeah. we'll learn it and it'll, it'll go deeper and we need Sink those in. moments. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know about you, but I need to be run, reminded of these truths every day. It's like why yeah, we go to no. Jesus every day. It's like more and more. But the beautiful thing about these truths is that it's actually it's not up to us. You know, we we you know to me the word of the coming to me is is our role is to surrender to love, to let go of the pressure that we sometimes take up to make ourselves lovable. Our role is simply to let go and to let love in to let go and let love in and that's our strength because um, it lets God be who he is for us and that is love and and someone who is loving us and and for us it's just to let go and let that love in Um, and let God let God do the figuring it out like he's the one that's got to make these truths real to us but let him restore exactly and he's the restorer right that's that's his role exactly to let go and let him in I don't want to hang up the telephone, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to soon. The time has come. I know, I know. we could we could talk about this forever, and actually, I, I think we will be talking about this forever in eternity. Yes, that'll be, that'll be great. Yeah, that'll be great. Oh, it's so Heaven's good to talk be about. Good. I feel, I feel my heart healing just talking about it with you. It's Mine so too. Good. I've got, I'm here without a tissue, so I've got a towel. <laughs> <laughs> and when you said the little lamb, I've been praying about Jesus as a lamb recently. Huh. And it's, yeah. that just touched my heart. It was so oh, really beautiful. Not. It's the image. It's the image he gave us. The good shepherd, let me come yeah. to you. Yeah. You know, try and take that yeah. staff and run around. And he's like, just be a little lamb. <laughs> oh, it's so relieving. Truth, truth is relieving. It's like, oh, yeah. thanks like, be to God. Yeah, it's so yeah. true. And um, it's good to talk about I, it as women. So I'm grateful. It's so. I'm so grateful for your wisdom and your um, heart. It's it's so beautiful to hear a heart on fire and in love for Jesus, um, because I can feel the joy coming across the across the pond. It, it it's it's God is so contagious. Good. Yeah, so it's good. A, and we need um, to share him. I forgot to ask you, yes. and you don't know this, but at the end of every yeah. podcast, I ask what brought you joy this week. So I'll go first so that you have okay. time to think. <laughs> do, okay. Do, do, do. okay. I'm a slow thinker, but okay. <laughs> and so you don't have to listen to mine. You just think of yours. Sure. Um, so this week, my son in kindergarten who can't read but thinks he can read, uh, asked the teacher if he could have a reader um, to bring home. No one has readers yet, but he came home the other day with his own reader I proud as punch. This is what, kind of what happens when you're the youngest of six and everyone else can do things and you can't. Uh, so he told everybody that he had a reader. He sat down on the couch and he read it. Wow. <laughs> and it brought me so much joy because I've had a lot of kids in my home that struggle oh, with reading. Yeah. And I said, thank you, Lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> that brought that me is so a joy. Much joy. I want to snap my fingers. Beautiful. It's true to see to see those you love. Yeah, oh. receive something like that. It's the mother's yeah. joy. A mother's joy too. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh. It was such a relief. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, here we go again. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Kids have dyslexia, so it was. Yeah. Uh, it was that brought me so much joy. 
That's real so life. Sister Mary Grace, what brought you joy this week? You know you what? I, I definitely remembered a slightly humiliating moment, but I think this is the one the Lord wants me to share. But I did, I did get to joy after the humiliation. Yes. Uh, actually, speaking of mothers, um, I was in a desperate moment this week. One of my sisters, uh, it was her birthday, and uh, I was asked to bake the, the cake. And I, <laughs> I am not a baker. I've only grown. Wow. <laughs> You're going to give away the end of the story. <laughs> no, it didn't, it didn't go quite that bad, but um, I know it's what everyone's expecting because my experience of making cakes is box cakes where you basically empty I, it, put a bit of water, and it's all going to be okay. So I love my sisters here so much that I tried to do a cheesecake, which if uh-huh. anyone's baked before knows how extensive and intense that is uh-huh. and apparently takes six hours when I gave myself about two hours. So I get towards the end and I'm realizing one hour in, oh my God, I have three hours left and I literally only have one hour until the birthday party. (laughs) And so I'm kneeling down before this oven. You can picture me, I'm in the kitchen and I'm on my knees and I've got another sister next to me that's helped me out. I've already called an SOS. And we're looking at this cheesecake and I'm looking at her and I'm like, sister, this is not going to be a cheesecake. This is going to be a water cake. And immediately she was like, we need to ask Blessed Mother to take over. And I was like, okay. So we just said, okay, Mary, um, I got to make another call. You have one hour. You said you'll be there for us. I'm going to go and take care of your children on this call of this woman that's in crisis pregnancy. You got to take care of this cake. We can't. We we can't do this. You have to help out. And we literally just said a hail Mary, walked away. I kid you not. We came back one hour. The cake was baked. Oh. <laughs> now that. I love it. I love and it. you know the best part about that story, apart from the miracle of the cheesecake, is that she saved me from being humiliated. <laughs> yeah and that's that's oh, the role beautiful. of a good mother is just like that's a blessed mother She's like, that was mother. my joy i was like she uh-huh. not only wants good things Came to come through. to us but she wants she saves us from our humiliations um so that uh-huh. was the biggest joy i i was oh, i love it one, one less humiliation <laughs> <laughs> i love it i'm never gonna make it I'm, again. Go, I'm gonna go now and make sourdough so i'll Please. ask her to do it <laughs> do it do it but read the recipe beforehand <laughs> oh don't worry my daughter's got me got youtube things up for me to follow meticulously she's the queen of sourdough but she's at school so it's oh, my wow. turn to shine or not it was so lovely speaking with you thank you so much um i pray for you daily please pray for me and for Absolutely. everyone on the podcast who no listens way. All the, all the sisters, I'll let them all know for sure. We'll carry Thank you. Lives. Now, I, I will leave in the um, in the show notes where they can find you. I've, I've written, I've left the litany of trust before because we've spoken about trust and I pray that prayer every day. It's such a beautiful prayer. Um, it's powerful, yeah. So I'll leave that in the show notes as well. Great. Thank you, sister. You're welcome, Jessica. Now you God have to go to bed. <laughs> I do. How do you know? <laughs> because I know the time. <laughs> it's true. We've got to wake up early. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got to let you sleep. So thank you so much. Thank it you. was a joy. Kind. Me too. God bless you. God bless. Bye. Bye.